are back with another episode of Sit Down Startup Podcast. Thank you so much for being part of this journey. Every week, Pedro and I will bring new stories from founders, investors, and makers on how they're building the next big thing. Our interviews are made in a casual style, inspired by the good old days of coffee shop conversations, which we look forward to having again soon. When you are not listening to us, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram on the handle Sit Down Startup. On today's episode, we have George Aziz, founder and CEO at Least Query. Least Query helps more than 10,000 accountants and other finance professionals eliminate accounting errors with its lease accounting software. And who better to solve the problem than accountants themselves? George, also a CPA, and the team founded the startup in 2011 to help businesses understand the financial impact of their lease portfolio with just a click of a button. We may not all be accountants, but I'm sure, listeners, you can see the impact a company like this can make. To interview George, we invited Brad Bowery. Brad is a serial entrepreneur who is right now focused on building our ecosystem of VC and accelerator partners at Zendesk for startups. He's also a partner at Founders Den, a referral-only incubator in San Francisco. Let's get into it. Are you ready? Let's sit down and start up. Okay, well, it's my pleasure today to be joined by George Aziz, the founder and CEO of LeaseQuery, uh, to talk a little bit about uh, his founding story and, and some of the things that LeaseQuery is doing today, uh, particularly in customer experience and how they're thinking about the innovation of their product as they continue to grow the business. So, um, uh, George, uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for joining me here today. Thank you so much for having um, me. I appreciate the, uh, the invitation. Well, great. Well, so one of the first questions we always ask in our, our sit-down startup podcast is uh, what your favorite coffee shop drink is. <laughs> well, uh, my, my, it's just a plain old, uh, I'm a plain old coffee guy, right? Regular coffee. It's ironic. I actually started this company at a coffee shop um, uh, in, within Barnes & Noble. And, uh, and I remember every time I go there, I'd say, hey, can I just get a regular coffee? And, uh, and, and they'd say, okay, well, we have to wait to make some, but then someone will come, someone else will come and order like a Mako Chocolata, you know, some kind of crazy drink. And they're like, oh yeah, coming right up. Right. And it, it would always puzzle me that the coffee shop would always run out of coffee, but they'll be able to make all these exquisite drinks. That's amazing. Well, well, uh, I certainly, uh, guilty of that myself here because, uh, I tend to be a, um, a, a caramel macchiato drinker from uh, Starbucks. That's my go-to coffee <laughs> drink. Um, though I'll, I'll tell you, I'm, um, I'm not much of a coffee guy. I, uh, I'm, I'm more of a social coffee drinker, and uh, uh, you'll be pleased to know that uh, this morning, probably for the first time in about a month, I actually went to the coffee shop to get a coffee for our call today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I, I drink about seven cups of coffee a day. Uh, it <laughs> kind of slowed down uh, because of coronavirus, but... Um, but yeah, I, I am an active coffee. You know, I'll actually grind up the beans and put it in my lips, like, like you know, people dip back in the day. Uh, yeah. So that's that's how much I uh, I drink coffee. Well, good for you, man. Good for you. I uh, I love the smell, but uh, just just have never gotten that into it. Well, um, uh, definitely glad to have you here, and and uh, wanted to start off by uh, getting into your. Um, you know, first let, let, let's talk a little bit about Lease Query, uh, what what the company does, and and kind of the problem you're solving for your customers. 
So uh, Lease Query is it's a compliance play, right? Uh, essentially, what, what we solve is we help companies adopt the new lease accounting guidelines. There are rules that, that the board, the accounting boards have released that tell companies that they now have to record a liability on their balance sheet for, uh, for operating leases. So, so think about it this way. Uh, prior to these new rules, companies leasing transactions were called off-balance sheet transactions. Please don't fall asleep here. This is, this is accounting, right? But, yeah. but they were called off-balance sheet transactions because just like when you rent an apartment, uh, you don't have an asset because you don't own the apartment. You don't have a loan because you, uh, you, you didn't get a loan, right? Even though you have an obligation to make these lease payments. So the boards, because of Enron, uh, the Enron's collapsed, they changed that. Now they have to treat it, treat a lease transaction as if you got a loan to utilize this, uh, to, to utilize this asset. Uh, and so, so the, the math is pretty complex. Our software helps companies get the math right. Got it, got it. Yeah, and I, I've had some personal experience with that in my career. I've, I've been in business operations at a startup once that had a, uh, uh, a, a 20,000 square foot facility that we were leasing and we were running out of money. And uh, I spent a lot of time renegotiating that lease with the uh, landlord and it was, uh, it definitely was a huge liability for the company. So I, so I kind of get the, uh, the, the reason why some of that exists. Um, and as we get into the business, I mean, prior to that, I, I would love to kind of just take a step back and, and just talk about, you know, your career trajectory and what some of the milestones were that got you to a place where you're like, hey, I'm going to start this business, Lease Query. I know you had some, uh, s- some startup experience early in your career. would love to hear about how that influenced um, your, your, your career path. Yeah, so, so I'm an accountant by trade, which means uh, essentially I am allergic to technology, right? <laughs> but accountants are not very, no, no one likes a creative accountant, right? Uh, so so with, as, it, as it relates to my career, my brother and I started a company. Uh, it was mainly my brother's idea and, and he, it was mainly his efforts uh, or earlier in my, in my accounting career. You know, uh, we were doing it on the side, uh, but that company helped me understand. It, it broke my fear of technology, right? Watching my brother do it, and as I said, I was kind of the financier. Watching my brother go through that process made me realize, oh, this is how you build software. And, 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 and that, that I, I, I always like to say every startup, whether, it's, whether it succeeds or fails, uh, teaches you something, right? So my takeaway from that was, oh, I know how to build software now, right? It's not this big, scary thing. Uh, and so, so because of that experience, that made me, uh, that made me, that gave me the courage uh, and the ability to, to build Lease Query. So, so how did that come about? I was in, uh, I was working as an accountant at a publicly, uh, at a public accounting firm, and. Uh, I was working within financial institutions, so banks and insurance companies. Those were what I was auditing. In 2008, obviously, we know we, the whole credit crisis hit, and that killed that that market. And so I saw the writing on the world wall, left that company, left that uh, left that space, and went to work in technical accounting and accounting research at a Fortune 500 company uh, based in Atlanta. And uh, in that role, what my job was, was to figure out, okay, what are the new accounting pronouncements that the boards, the, uh, you know, the, the, the FASB, uh, the, the boards were, were, were thinking about, and how do I make sure 
that the company gets its preferred accounting treatment. Right. So basically, so that nothing falls through the cracks whenever a new rule is released. So another thing that happened in 2000, in that year, when I got to that company, was the company changed auditors from Ernst & Young, uh, from, from PwC to Ernst & Young. So Ernst & Young comes in and they're like, okay, we're auditing this company for the first time. This is a first time audit. Uh, we're going to take a deeper look into their financials. And one of the areas they chose to look at was leases. They tested 10 of the leases and 10 out of 10 of them were wrong. They tested another 10 and 10 out of 10 of those were wrong. So, you know, like this, this we're batting, you know, zero, you know, zero at this point. Uh, and so the chief accounting officer tasked me with teaching the, the, the controllers of this company. This was a global corporation. So they had controllers in different uh, divisions uh, tasked me with teaching them how to account for leases. And in that realm, uh, I started teaching them and I was like, well, this is pretty simple. Isn't there software we can use? to do this. And I looked around and there was always, there was lease management and lease administration software. There was no lease accounting software. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, well, here it is. The math is easy now, but we're getting it wrong. And I know that the boards are considering changing the rules to make it more complex, which means it'll be a big, a, a much bigger problem. So, so if, if right now we're getting it wrong and we're a big company and they're about to make it more complex, and there's no software that exists now, then, you know, there's opportunity here, right? And that's why I decided to build these square. Got it. Yeah. And, and what I love about that story is that you, um, you know, you obviously had an early experience working at a startup and, and seeing what that was like that demystified it for you. And then, uh, of course, um, you know, during your, your traditional career path, um, that put you in a really great position to see this opportunity and and, uh, and, and those things combined uh, probably led you to um, be able to take advantage of that opportunity when you saw it. So, um, so, so, so good for you. One of the things I, I, I try to um, tell founders, uh, in my experience, has been that, you know, sometimes when you're starting a company, um, it, really the hardest part in, it, it is going to be the first step. And then after that, it's just about putting one foot in front of the other and staying focused on, on what your objective is. And uh um, so a, a lot of people are, are very intimidated to take that first step, and um, it, it was great. Obviously, great that you did. <laughs> so, um, so as we as we get into like obviously, obviously, Least Query has done really well. Um, I think one of the more remarkable things, and it's probably a testament to how much the venture industry has changed over the years, is that um, you you raised this, a forty two million dollar Series A. Is that right from Goldman Sachs and, and Valor Ventures? Uh, uh, we'd love to hear the story behind how that came to be and and um, and why uh, why you went down that path. Yeah, so so um, we were we were bootstrapped right out of necessity, right? Um, it's just a I didn't have the connections to really talk to any venture capitalists, uh, and and b you know when 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 talking the the problem we were solving at the time, no one wants to invest in a company that's predicated on an action the government is going to perform, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so so we had to be bootstrapped to begin with. Uh, so so you know we're we're growing little by little. And, uh, and, and we started to get to this cash crunch where, where, you know, come, you know, we sign a deal and we won't see a check until, you know, 90 days after we sign the deal. But yet in that 90 days, I still have to pay the, the, the salespeople. I have to pay programmers, you know, I have to pay customer success people. So, and obviously we have the software that, you know, software that, that we operate on that we needed to pay for Zendesk. Right. So, so we had all these bills that we had to pay, but yet, you know, we, 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 our, 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 our cash wasn't coming in fast enough. 
Now, that's the point at which people seek funding, right? Uh, but we knew we couldn't. So, so how do we think about, you know, running the business without funding? And, and something remarkable happened. We started, we decided to charge our clients three years up front, right? Uh, and, and so, so rather than char- charging annually, I mean, we didn't charge anyone quarterly or, or monthly. We were charging annually. But we started, you know, we, we made the argument that, hey, you know, we want this to be a partnership, right? And if you're going to leave us after a year, then we're probably not the right partner for you. I mean, this is, this is mission-critical software, right? And so, so you, we don't want to start renegotiating this, you know, in a year, right, and going through legal and red lines and all these, you know, all these other uh, uh, challenges, right, procurement. Let's just go ahead and get, you know, pay us for three years up front, and, uh, and, and we will make sure that, obviously, you're, you're happy. And everyone always says, well, did you discount? No, we didn't. What we told them is your discount is that your prices won't go up. That's yeah. the discount, right? Because we would increase prices, you know, almost every quarter. So, uh, so, so that's how we navigated that. And, and we built a very, you know, a, a very self-sustaining business that way, very profitable, very self-sustaining. And, uh, and so we didn't need money, right? Now, I distinctly, so, and, and through that realm, right, we went from, you know, we went from $30,000 to $300,000 ARR to $1.2 million ARR to $8.5 million ARR to $17 million uh, to, you know, over 20, right? So that's the trajectory of, 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 how, of our growth. And, and, and once again, we didn't, and that, that's true ARR, right? So, so triple that, and that tells you how much cash we had coming in, you know, yeah. uh, 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 triple that each year. That's how much cash we had coming in because 73% of our clients pay us multiple years up front. Mm-hmm. So now as it relates to that, this was, this was, uh, this was something that, that we, once again, we did need money, but then I recall, I recall distinctly in December, 2018, you know, our CRO, my business partner, Chris calls me and he has, you know, he's got all these crazy ideas and he said, Oh, here's something that I think we should do. And it was a crazy idea. And I remember saying, wait a minute, do we really want to do that? And, and I thought about where we were now. We're like, now we have something to protect. Right. It's almost like if yeah. you're a football fan, you know, you, you, you go through and you're ahead. I mean, I'm in Atlanta, right? The Atlanta Falcons, perfect example. They're always ahead, always ahead. And then something happens where they start playing prevent defense. And that's when they get lit up. Right. So I felt like we weren't being as aggressive enough as we need, as, as aggressive as we used to be, because now we, we have this, this thing that we, we've actually built something here and we want to protect it. Right. So, so that's where the funding came in. We said, okay, you know what, let's actually go out and get some funding to know that, okay, you know, we now to make us realize that, Hey, we can now be as aggressive as we continue to be aggressive uh, without worrying about uh, consequences. Uh, so, so that's essentially what, what, uh, uh, what happened. That was our, that was our, our, our thinking. Uh, and, and so, uh, I will say also, I, I believe in eating your own dog food, which is looking at everything from the perspective of the customer, right? Uh, we were selling to controllers, CFOs, accountants, and these people do not know, uh, they don't know the venture world. They, I mean, they don't know Sequoia. They don't know uh, uh, Andreessen Horowitz. They don't know 
uh, uh, Vista Equity. They don't know Summit, right? Uh, but they know Goldman Sachs, right? And 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 basically, we we chose Goldman, even though they were in our highest valuation. We chose Goldman because of that reputation, because of the name, uh, and because we knew that it would give us more credibility with our clients. Yeah, that's that, that's really great, and uh, um, that uh, that Atlanta Falcons. Uh, uh, analogies uh, probably prescient uh, given uh, given the, their their experience over the years. I, I feel for you as a, a football fan. Uh, that that's got to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, 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 glad I'm glad you're modeling your business. Um, you know, uh, off of some of the learnings from from being a, a fan of that team. Um, so so as you um, as you raised this Series A, uh, you know, and and started to. Um, Think about what was next for your company. Um, uh, and actually, the first question I want to ask is, what was that time period? Because you've mentioned a lot of numbers, a lot of ARR changes over the years. Is, are we talking like three years until you raised that Series A? Or, or, or how long did it take from the time you started the, the business till you, you closed that Series A? Well, I mean, I, I like to say our year of growth really started in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so 16, 17, 18, that period. Right. Yeah. So those three years were that's that's when we really experienced tremendous growth. Um, but now when people say when the company started, that's always a that's a loaded question. Right. <laughs> I decided to start the company in March 2010. Yeah. That's when I said, I am I'm going to do this. Right. But the first line of code was not written until September 2011. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I did within that period was just really, really understand the problem and write the requirements, right? Like really, I mean, my requirements that I wrote for the developers were hundreds, hundreds of thousands of lines long uh, in Excel uh, that, that I now gave to programmers in September, 2011. So that's eight, about 18 months, right? And then we got our first check uh, on, the check was dated 12, 13, 2013, but we got it in, in January, 2014. Right. So, so that's why I always say, you know, when, when does a company really start, right? Is it when you, the day you get the idea and you say, we're going to do it, which yeah. for me was March 2010, the day, you know, you get someone to start coding, which is September, 2011, or is it the day you receive your first check, which was, you know, January, 2014. Yeah. And, and the reason I ask that is because it's important to um, set expectations, right? For would-be founders. A, a lot of them think that their story might be like Instagrams, which is from zero to a billion in 18 months. Um, but that's just not the reality, you know, and, and I don't want to discount the number of years before you started seeing that growth that you put into this business. And uh, I'm always reminded a, a good friend of mine was one of the co-founders of Shazam, uh, which is, you know, the app on your iPhone that tells you what song, Absolutely. you know, the amazing thing about Shazam is they founded it in 2000. Uh, and, and a lot of people don't realize that the iPhone didn't come out until it was like 2006 or 2007. And so uh, you imagine what they wow. were doing for six or seven years before the iPhone. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, it, but, but that's just a reminder. It takes time and, and you've got to um, be Absolutely. in it for the long haul when you're getting started. I like to say we are an eight year overnight success. <laughs> that's great. I might steal that at some point. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, so as you think about customers, uh, you know, I, I, I'd love to hear like what, what's unique in your approach to your customers and, and how do you think about the customer experience of, uh, of, of your customers at least query? Well, well, yeah, I mean, it begins and ends with your customers, right? But I always say it starts and ends with your employees first, right? Because, because if you're not good to your employees, your, your commitment to your customers is empty, right? Happy customers 
happy employees give you happy customers. There's a difference between eating at McDonald's and eating at Chick-fil-A, right? Uh, it, there's, there's a difference between shopping at Kroger and shopping at Publix. And that's because yeah, I, I firmly believe it's because of the way the employees, uh, they treat their employees. Uh, and, and so, so, so that's the first part, right? Happy employees. Focus on your employees and, and that'll give you happy customers. Uh, the second part is, as it relates to our software, we, I mean, once again, we have to see the world from the eyes of the customer, right? Which means no one in our company uses MacBooks except for, you know, some marketing people and, and, and design, right? Everyone, everyone in our company uses Dell's Microsoft products. Why? Because 99.9% .9 of our customers use Microsoft, right? Mm -hmm. like B2B. That's, and they, and they, specifically within B2B, it's in the accounting part, right? This is Microsoft Excel. That's what they use. So essentially what happens there is that we have, we have, we have to see the world through their eyes. Once again, that's why we went with Goldman Sachs, right? Uh, the third thing is, is the software, the application itself. How much time do they spend within the application? Most companies would see, want people to spend forever in their application, right? They, they want people to spend a lot of time doing things in their application, right? Uh, we are different. We want you, we actually measure this, right? How long does someone spend to do, perform any action in our software? We want that to be less than 10 minutes. And right now it's about eight minutes and 40 seconds, right? How long do you spend within the application? Because this is lease accounting. At, at the end of the day, that's just one thing the accountants have to do. We want them to get in, get out, get on with their lives. In fact, that was one of the, one of the mottos that I wanted to use, but unfortunately, Chili, Chili's the, uh, the, the, the restaurant, that's their motto, right? But, but we want you to literally spend as little time as possible in the software. Obviously, we want you to log in at least once a month to make your journal entries, but when you log in, we want you to be able to log out quickly and get on with your, with your day. Yeah, out here in California, we call that In-N-Out. <laughs> <laughs> In-N-Out burger, right? <laughs> well, well, maybe when your engineers are done solving that uh, for, for you at Least Square, you can send them over to Facebook so I spend less time uh, uh, on there and, and with their products. <laughs> that, that would be pretty nice. No kidding. Well, that, 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 I think that's great, and that's so unique. I mean, uh, you, don't, you don't hear that often, and, and it's quite refreshing. And, and it kind of reminds me of like the, one, one of the last questions I, I do want to cover, which is... Um, you know, I think when you're when you're first starting a company, it's just it's so critical that you find that killer application that 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 critical problem you're solving for a customer. You know, what's your value prop at the very early stages? And it, sound, it sounds like you found that. Obviously, you've had a lot of success. Um, but now that you have that traction and, and you continue, uh, you know, and, and my question for you is, you know, are, are you going to continue to double down on lease accounting or you know, is this a beachhead into a broader set of products? Um, you know, how, how do you think about that? How do you think about your product strategy moving forward? And what are some of the things you're doing to innovate and continue to innovate as a, as a, as a growing company? Well, uh, yeah, this is, this is a huge market, right? Uh, I, I think CS getting to $100 million uh, ARR just with uh, lease accounting. Now, the problem, though, is, is the, well, not the problem, but, but what, it starts with our mission, right? What is our mission as a company? And our mission is simply this. We want to make accountants' lives easier using software. That's it. We want to make accountants' lives easier using software. We started with lease accounting. So if you, if you imagine, just take a walk with me, a mental stroll, and, and imagine in every single company 
on the planet, every single company on the planet. Uh, you go to their intranet, you open their intranet, and you'll see a folder that says, you know, the accounting department. You open that folder for the accounting department, and you'll see different years, 2020, 2021, 2022. You open 2020, and you'll see Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. You open Q1, and you'll see January, February, March. You open March, and you'll see the names of all the accountants, all the people that work in that department. You open John Smith, and you'll see all the spreadsheets that John Smith is responsible for for every month and close, right? One of those spreadsheets used to be lease accounting. We have fixed that. That is no longer a problem. There are a myriad of spreadsheets in there that we should we can also replace to make John Smith's lives easier. Is it goodwill? Is it equity method? Is it AROs? Is it, is it uh, I mean, th- there's so many things that we can do to help uh, make simplify accountants' lives. And, and we started with lease accounting. Uh, we've, got, we've created a, a group within Lease Query called LQ Labs, stands for Lease Query Labs. But their job there is to ideate, innovate, and create, right? Uh, so so that is, that is, that, that's where I spend you know, 60% of my, of my time, either there talking to clients or reading about new lease accounting pronouncements, right? What's coming down the line. Uh, and, and so that's the future of lease query. Got it. And, and um, George, that's a, a remarkable way to, um, to describe it. I mean, uh, to take something as complex as, uh, as accounting um, that a lot of people don't understand and, and boil it down to something that anyone can understand, which is a bunch of folders and, and Excel spreadsheets. Uh, um, I think that, uh, you, you know, for me, that really helps me visualize the, the potential of what you're trying to do and um, certainly makes me really excited about the future prospects of your business. Uh, so definitely want to shout out to any uh, accountants out there that are listening, that are aspiring uh, entrepreneurs and want to do something interesting uh, down in Atlanta. At <laughs> least Query's got a least Query Labs. And so if you're if you're looking to become an innovative accountant, uh, that's that's the place to be. Um, and, and and I do want to finish out up with that shout out to Atlanta. I know you, you're you're a big Falcons fan, and, and you're from the area, and uh, um, would love to hear your you know what what it's like for you building the business in Atlanta, what the experience has been like, and, and how you think about that in terms of the you know um, the, the the growth and where you want to head as a company. I, I mean, Atlanta is the epicenter, I would say, of, of innovation right now. Right. First of all, fintech in the state of Georgia, 75% or 85% of all credit card transactions go through the state of Georgia, right? Because of companies like Fiserv, uh, 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 Invesco, uh, uh, Tesis, uh, Square, uh, Cabbage. Uh, I mean, there are so many uh, uh, info, uh, not info, uh, what's the name of that? NCR. Right? These are all companies that are based in Atlanta based, uh, and, and are, are performing financial transactions. Right? I mean, it's, it's just it's, it's incredible. Uh, that's the first thing. The second thing is the airport. Right? This 89% of the rest of the planet is accessible, not, not the rest of the United States, but the rest of the planet is accessible via direct flight from Atlanta. No other city comes close. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, so the transportation hub here, because of you know Delta and Southwest and all these uh, all these other airlines. Uh, I mean, we can you can get anywhere but their direct flight, almost anywhere but direct flight from uh, from Atlanta. Uh, the third thing is the the educate the schools. Right. You've got Georgia Tech, Morehouse, UGA, uh, 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 
uh, Georgia State, Spelman. You've got all these schools that are producing talent, raw talent, just churning them out, right? And, and, and so you've got talent here, right? Uh, the next thing is the culture. The culture in Georgia, right? I mean, this is, they're calling it the next Hollywood, right? It is, movies are filmed here. Ozark is filmed here. Uh, uh, the, gosh, what's the show? That's kind of like The Walking Dead. Uh, it's filmed here. You know, I mean, all these shows are, are filmed right here in Atlanta. You know, there's a, there's a, the show Cobra Kai. That was, there was a scene that was filmed here in literally in my house, right? Uh, so, so, I mean, it, it, this, these are things that, 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 that help bridge, you know, that connection. I like to say the culture of Atlanta. I mean, hip hop is huge here, right? I mean, started, starting with Outkast, but now you've got T.I., you've got Drake that lives here. You, I mean, you've got all these, you know, you've got all these, uh, all these, all these artists and, and, and all these creatives that help build that culture, right? So, so Atlanta is, is huge there. Right. Uh, in, in accessing the talent, transportation, financial resources, you know, so now there are some challenges, obviously. Uh, and, and I think those challenges are, you know, sometimes it's very hard. It's great to have a startup here. I mean, and, then, and, and if you talk about the startup world here, I mean, geez, you've got Terminus, you've got Salesloft, you've got Calendly, you've got CallRail, you've got MailChimp, you've got, uh, <laughs> I mean, You've got QGender. I mean, there's so many startups here that are, are uh, gosh, the number one, the number one company in the Fortune Five, in the Fortune, in the uh, uh, Inc. 500 is OneTrust, based right here in Atlanta, right? So, so these are these are these. We have a, a very vibrant ecosystem here uh, with Atlanta Tech Village by, by David Cummings. I mean, there, there's just so much opportunity here. Uh, that and the cost of living is is way cheaper, right? I mean, Facebook is planning on move, you know building a, a, a hub in Atlanta. Google already has a hub in Atlanta, right? Uh, so so people are recognizing this. Microsoft is having a huge office here, right? So people are recognizing this, and 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 that's a good thing for the ecosystem. Uh, the challenges, once again, that you face sometimes here is you know you can get from one to twenty million dollars. PRR, but at that point you have to uh, evolve, and you want to hire C-level executives that have been there, done that, that have done that before, and that can be challenging, right? It's, it's easier, it's easy to get VPs, directors. You know, I don't say it's easy, but you, you can find them. But C-level execs that have done that before, you know, and want to come back and do it again, those can be challenging, right? Uh, but but that's going to change you know, the more exits we have with, you know, uh, as I said, all the, all the startups you have here, Salesloft, Terminus, Calendly, you know, uh, as, as these companies have exits, you, you'll have more people there that, that, that have been there, done that. And that'll also add to the ecosystem. Well, that's great. And, and, and honestly, that's a, that's a great problem to have when you're worrying about how do you get from 20 to 100 million ARR. So it means that you've, uh, you've done the work to get to those first 20 and, and um, you know, congratulations to you on that. And um, yeah, I love the story of, uh, of Atlanta and, and how, it's, um, how it's growing as a startup ecosystem. And um, it, one of my favorite things about my role here is, at Zendesk is getting to work with entrepreneurs and, and uh, VCs and accelerators around the globe. And um, really, uh, we're, we're moving away from these um, 
you know, th- these borders and, and, and seeing more and more organizations uh, growing in, in places all around the country. And Atlanta is definitely uh, one of the hubs where we see a ton of activity. And um, yeah, it's been a real pleasure uh, getting to chat with you about this stuff. And um, uh, I think, um, you know, we, we do tend to close with one last question, which is, uh, you know, when you, when you do uh, request customer service from a company, what's your what's your go to channel for that? Is it a, a phone call? Do you like to uh, go to the FAQs? Are you sending in an email or a chat? What what, what do you tend to do when you're you're reaching out to customer uh, to your uh, to companies when you need a support request? Well, I mean, we uh, we we obviously use Zendesk, right? Um, we uh, it depends on what we're trying to do. Sometimes we we want to pull them uh, to see what you know uh, what products or features that they want. Uh, sometimes we, we always, so a big part of what we do is, is built using CS, uh, as a revenue generator, right? As in, we want our CS people to know the people that they work with. I mean, know them intimately, almost mm-hmm. then they get their phone, their cell phone number. The reason that's important is because when those people, I mean, the average time people spend in their jobs is three, it's three years, right? They move. And when they move to another, another place, we want to be able to call them and say, Hey, I hear you're at this place now, you know, I know you're going to most likely need lease accounting, right? Would you consider bringing us in? And a lot of times they do, right? So, so I mean, CS is a hugely important part of our, uh, of, 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 of our growth strategy, right? Those referrals, people that have worked with us with us, that people that have worked with us before, right? And I do want to stress that we, we, we're actually over $20 million ARR. I'm not, I'm not telling you how much our <laughs> ARR is. But, uh, but we're over that. <laughs> well, well, George, this has been uh, phenomenal. Um, thank you uh, for, for your time here. And uh, I think that uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up with that. Um, but I uh, certainly appreciate it. If I can help with anything, of course, uh, please let me know uh, from here at Zendesk. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me once again. It was, it was a real treat. Thanks for sharing your journey into building Liz Curie with us, George. It's great to see the traction you conquer, and it's fascinating to see an accountant building a software company. It's also great to see how George built Liz Curie after the 2008 financial crisis. We know that many incredible startups came to be after that time, and it gives a lot of hope to folks starting companies during and hopefully after this pandemic. It just goes to show that if you're starting a company and focus on solving problems for real people in an innovative way, like Lee's Query did, that great businesses can come from difficult times. And if you like this episode, help us grow. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and leave us a review. Stay safe. And hungry. Hungry.